Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we're going to be diving into episodes 233 through 235, which will be covering manga chapters 328 to 332. Okay, so I'm going to say it here. These episodes are the beginning of a new level of storytelling and tonal shift in the series by Oda. Much like how Arlong Park was a particular watershed moment for the series in terms of elevating the story, from this point on in Water 7, this got taken up to another level yet again. And there's just a noticeable difference in just how engaging this story becomes because of how much the stakes, the emotions, the characters, and the obstacles become deeper and more nuanced. Okay, so synopsis. The Straw Hats are in disbelief of the news that the Going Merry can't be saved, but before they can even process any of this, Usopp is jumped by the Frankie family and has the money stolen from him. To avenge Usopp and attempt to get the money back, the others raid the Frankie house but are unsuccessful in getting the money back. With no choice but to move on from the Going Merry, Luffy decides to do so, but this causes a massive argument between the two. Alright, so differences. There really aren't that many differences in these episodes. Just a couple little scenes and and just added flair to sort of emphasize emotional beats. But yeah, the first one is the conversation between Sanji and Chopper while they're looking for Robin is a little bit longer as they include this part at the end where they talk about uh, Aokiji and what he had to say about Robin. It's really only like an extra 10 seconds, but it is a difference. They also insert the iceberg office scene before the raid on the Frankie house, whereas in the manga it takes place afterwards. And then during the epic walk up to the Frankie house, the anime does a really cool thing where it shows memories from each of the crew members as they appear on screen while walking towards it with that awesome music playing. And then again, when Usopp is leaving the crew, it shows flashes of memory specific to Usopp and Luffy's friendship, which is heartbreaking, but it's a nice touch in the anime. Alright, so my thoughts. So after receiving the assessment that the Mary can't be saved, Luffy and Nami are still in denial about it and can't accept the results. Throughout the next couple episodes, you can see them go through the stages of grief over this news. Like the denial, bargaining, and anger are pretty much on full display right here from the get-go. They don't really go through a depression phase per se, or at least you don't really see it outright. As it was mentioned in the last episode, Polly explains that the keel is damaged beyond repair. Essentially, the spine of the ship is damaged, which means you might as well build a new ship. Luffy eventually requests to build another Going Merry exactly how it was, but the Galila company counters with the fact that even if they build the exact same ship, it won't be the same ship. Which according to Oda, I guess in the world of One Piece, the ship of Theseus Paradox, if the ship was rebuilt with the original parts free of the rot, that is the original ship rather than the ship that had the little changes made to it and eventually having all the boards replaced. However, after being told that fact, Luffy is still adamant that the Mary can still go on and he refuses to get a new ship. Then Iceberg scolds Luffy about how he can call himself a captain of a ship with that kind of irresponsible attitude. And this is just an interpretation on my part since it's not explicitly told to us, but to me, this hits Luffy pretty deep as it again shows Luffy he's still lacking in his ability to be a captain and have that responsibility to take care of his crew. But before Luffy and Nami can even decide what to do next, a couple world government officials show up wanting to talk to Iceberg about something, which forces Luffy and Nami to hide. This exchange has some pretty funny parts with Lulu's weird bedhead hair gag and Iceberg just being a child, even to the world government officials. I especially like how he greets them by saying, I'm unfortunately not here right now, as he's standing right there in front of him. 
In that chaotic shuffle, though, Luffy and Nami freak out to discover that the two cases originally held by Usopp are empty and are now concerned that something has happened to Usopp along with the money. Luffy dashes off not knowing where to go while Nami first asks the location of the Frankie family's base of operations from Polly. With that intel in hand, Nami sets off searching for Usopp and the money as well. There is one really ironically funny line here as she starts riding off on the Yagara Bull. She yells out, people who steal from pirates are the worst. Which is hilarious considering that essentially that's what Nami was doing for most of her life up until she met Luffy. And Nami's double standards for herself always come off as funny to me for some reason. But never annoying for whatever reason. I, I always enjoy them more so than anything. Nami on her way back to taking the remaining 100 million berries to the Mary for safekeeping discovers Usopp brutally beaten up on the street. Usopp, ashamed of his lack of strength to protect the money, is broken down about how he failed his nakama and the Mary. And this is really hard, and you really feel bad for Usopp. And again, some amazing voice work from Kape Yamaguchi and Akemi Okumura. Like, both of them knock it out of the park throughout pretty much the entire, like, arc. But some of these scenes, they're really good in. Nami fearing aggravating his injuries and he further leaves Usopp to get Chopper and help from the others. In the meantime, Sanji and Chopper have returned to the Mary and hear the news about the Mary from Zoro. And they also can't believe the news and have a difficult time accepting it. This is a really small scene, but I really like it as it goes a long way and does an amazing job showing each of their characters without spoon feeding it to us. Like Zoro being very pragmatic and observing that it's because of their rough journey that the Mary is in its state that it's in and that ships can't heal itself like humans can. While Sanji, the empathetic and kind person he is, immediately thinks about what this news will do to Usopp. And then Chopper, you know, still being the young and naive kid, just plainly and innocently states how he feels that he loves the Mary. Just then, Nami returns and has them go to Usopp as well as get the money back while she stays aboard the Mary to protect the remaining case of money. In the next scene, we finally meet the dick and the man himself, Frankie, as he and his goons celebrate the fact that they just scored 200 million berries. Frankie has a very striking design as he's robed in this very flamboyantly colored cloak with all these stars around him and a crazy mask with massive forearms similar to Popeye. And if you think his voice is familiar, it's because it is. Frankie is played by Kazuki Yao, who has previously played two characters in One Piece already. He's played Django and Mr. Two Bonkle. The way he plays Frankie is kind of like a mix of the two, actually. They sound similar, but he differentiates them by mixing in a little bit of, little bit of Bonkle's flamboyant tone, but sort of mixing in Django's more silly, silly villainous tone here as well. Just then, Usopp, as actually in his desperation to get the money back, has charged into Frankie House by himself. While this was a foolish thing to do, trying to take them all on at once without any help, you kind of understand, it just shows again that when things get desperate, Usopp has some unimaginable courage and bravery. Like, you can't look at this and tell me that Usopp isn't brave for charging in here alone to try and get the money back, as stupid of a decision as this was. But during their confrontation, Frankie cuts Usopp on a deep level, again reinforcing Usopp's weakness and uselessness to the crew while playing at his insecurities of inadequacy by insulting him and his captain about how stupid Luffy is for having someone so weak guard his money. This moment, just like Iceberg scolding Luffy earlier about his captain's skills, are important and are the sort of the tiny breadcrumbs that you don't really notice while in the moment, while watching or reading it for the first time. But you see these things start to build up. I'll talk about this a little more, more later. But when you stop to think about it, you really do see just how these two moments make Luffy and Usopp kind of lose themselves in their argument later on in the next episode. 
Usopp obviously is no match for Frankie as he seems to be tough enough to withstand Usopp's gunpowder star, nor is he a match for his goons as Frankie leaves with the money with Usopp helpless as he gets further and further beaten up. This scene is really tough to watch as Usopp is just mercilessly beaten, but it's more so just the absolute desperation that Usopp has in his face and his voice to get the money back because not only is he failing or does he think he's failing his nakama, but this is the Mary's life, you know, it, it depends on it. And if he can't get the money back, you know, not only is he failing the Mary, but also, you know, his friend slash love, Kaya. The Mary obviously means the most to Usopp out of everyone on the crew as she was a gift from his beloved Kaya. And the Mary carries with her Kaya's memories and emotions. And if he loses the Mary, he's losing one of the most precious things he's ever received from her. And you can just hear it in the amazing way Kape Yamaguchi plays Usopp here. It's just agonizing. We then cut to the other three getting to where Nami left Usopp, but obviously he isn't there. But coincidentally, Luffy comes falling out of the sky, and they realize that Usopp may have gone to Frankie by himself and decide to head there next. We then get a brief scene of Iceberg and Khalifa, but the thing to notice in this scene is that he prominently has Robin's Wanted poster behind his desk in his office. And we get a bit more clues about all this as he's got a curious amount of concern over Robin and that he has something the world government very much wants from him. And you start to get this feeling that these two things are related. But it is strange that they inserted this scene here because, it again, it kind of breaks up the, the pacing of the whole Usopp and Frankie House storyline. That being said, we return to the four eventually finding Usopp's horribly beaten and lifeless body outside of the Frankie House. He's still alive, but man, it is on as the four of them, especially Luffy, are pissed to a degree we haven't seen since Arlong Park when they made Nami cry. That sort of silent anger that Luffy has when you know he's really pissed, something he seems to reserve for when you mess with his nakama, in contrast to his more normal anger, which is that sort of loud and crazy type of anger, we rarely get to see Luffy this angry, but when it happens, it's really hype because you know he's not going to hold back, as we'll see soon. This prompts them to raid the Frankie house, and this is another really hype moment as we want this so bad for what they've done to Usopp. And I can't tell you how hype this moment is, and in the anime, it's amazingly well handled too, as they even use the same music as the walk-up to Arlong Park to evoke that same feeling of anticipation and build-up as they get ready to avenge their nakama. This music is easily one of the most amazing pieces of music in the entire series. A nice little touch in the anime as well is we're treated to an epic montage of their memories with Usopp as they each walk towards the Frankie house. Luffy is especially pissed off because Usopp is arguably Luffy's best friend in the crew. You know, of course you could make the argument that Zoro is his best friend, but I feel like Luffy and Usopp are best friends in more the traditional sense as they like to just hang out, joke around, and are more on the same level personality and emotion-wise as well as maturity level. Not to mention they also have that connection of the fact that Luffy's mentor Shanks is crew members with Usopp's father Yasop as well. Once inside, this is just pure wish fulfillment as a fan. Luffy is not holding back one bit and goes all out from the start and unleashes a new move called Gomu Gomu no Cannon, which I don't really understand how it works as I don't know how doing an empty Gomu Gomu no Gatling and then immediately transitioning into a bazooka really makes either of those moves stronger, but it looks awesome so I'll accept it. But not only that, the others are going 
all out right from the start as Zoro is already in his Santoryu bandana. Chopper immediately bites down on a rumble ball while Sanji, you know, he usually lights up his cigarette. He just starts to ruthlessly take guys out right from the get-go. And we are all here for it. Like, I get chills every time I watch this scene because, A, it's rare we get to see them all fight together, fully healed, too. And B, the way they're framed and the music makes it seem like they're more of a force of nature than actual combatants. It's also kind of cool to see that Luffy's reputation and infamy is starting to grow as they're a bit intimidated by him to start, unlike prior to this most of his enemies haven't really heard of him and so they tend to underestimate him but it's kind of cool to see them actually know who luffy is as he's now a hundred million berry bounty and it's kind of fun to see other people get scared of luffy and when they try to reason with the straw hat saying the money is gone sanji and zoro get some really cool lines that it's not about the money anymore and then luffy reminding us that while they're generally good guys they are still in fact pirates and can be quite scary if you piss them off. And Luffy just rather coldly just says to them, your bones won't even remain. Like that is freaking like so awesome to see Luffy just full on embracing sort of that pirate intimidation when the people deserve that. As for the four of them, they rush in and just beat the crap out of everyone and everything resulting in completely demolishing the Frankie house. But you also see Frankie already boarding the Puffing Tom with the money in hand, which doesn't bode well for retrieving it. After dealing with the Frankie family, as they decide what to do next, Luffy shockingly, unexpectedly, and rather uncharacteristically mindfully states that to the four of them, he's decided to move on from the Going Merry, which is a shocker. Okay, so episode 235. This episode will always stand out to me as one of the best yet hardest episodes to watch. To this day, I still get cold chills thinking about and watching this episode. It's an incredible episode and I feel like I won't ever really be able to do it justice. But I'll just talk about you know what it, what it is from my heart. And when it comes to this episode, because it cuts deep as someone who's followed the series for 5 years or 34 manga volumes or 200 plus episodes at this point. And that's a long time. And you've become not only attached to the characters, but you've become used to a certain tone and type of story this is. But this episode completely flips it on its head and it shocked and broke my heart all at the same time. There's also this sense of awe in how Oda manages to accomplish this. Like, I honestly could probably do a whole podcast episode just on this one episode alone. Just talking about how this episode make me, made me feel and how it changed my perception of what One Piece and shonen, you know, manga or anime series are capable in terms of storytelling. And it's crazy too because this episode almost exclusively takes place in the cabin of the Mary with just the crew talking too, which makes this episode even more impressive in terms of what it's able to accomplish. The anime does an amazing job with the composition and art direction of this episode too with the unique lighting of the sunset with the colors that we've rarely seen in the series. It's just very visually beautiful. When we catch up with everyone, Usopp has finally regained consciousness and learns about what happened that while they got back at the Frankie family, they did end up losing the money. The next few scenes take our characters to some of the darkest places yet, as Usopp is desperately wondering if the Mary can be saved with the remaining 100 million berries, and it's all over everyone's faces and body language how difficult this news is going to be to break to Usopp that the Mary can't be saved at all. And it's so gut-wrenching to hear that desperate tone in his voice but then luffy kind of casually and in a rather 
insensitively upbeat tone tells Usopp that while he feels bad about making the decision without him, he drops the bombshell that they're moving on from the Mary. And Usopp is in disbelief and thinks it's a joke or they're taking pity on him, but it quickly turns into an argument as Usopp gets really heated and starts yelling at Luffy. And this starts to piss Luffy off even more so than you would think, given Luffy's usual easygoing attitude of being berated by Usopp and being questioned as the captain. This again hits a nerve, and this is where those little jabs at Luffy's captain prowess from like the Davy Back fight, Aokiji, and then Iceberg really start to bubble over. At least that's how I view it. And again, I think Luffy kind of fails here as a captain by just being so blasé about the fact that he moves, he's moving on from the Mary when clearly he knows how much it means to Usopp. Like he could have like put a little bit more thought into the way he communicated that to Usopp rather than that sort of like happy-go-lucky tone that he always has. Luffy is then forced to tell Usopp the truth about the Mary and that it's beyond saving. However, Usopp still refuses to believe it and starts to criticize Luffy's decision-making and captain skills, and this really sets Luffy off. This is where Usopp's sense of inadequacy of strength is starting to show, as when he's talking about how they're so quick to abandon the Mary as soon as she's too weak to continue, you can clearly see that Usopp is projecting himself and his fear onto the Mary. This sense of inadequacy and strength uh, in Usopp has been growing steadily for a couple arcs now, and this view of himself is also a mirror of what Luffy's sense of inadequacy as a captain is, probably. And it's what makes them so heated at each other so quickly. Hearing Luffy say he wants to move on from the Mary makes him see himself as the Mary and projects himself onto her. That if Luffy is so okay with moving on from a weak crew member as when he has no use for them, what's to stop him from doing that to Usopp one day? And this... This is a real fear for Usopp, and this has probably been eating away as, at Usopp ever since Alabasta, when he found himself trying to run from Miss Merry Christmas and Mr. Four, or maybe even earlier. I mean, he's always felt like he can't keep up with the rest of the crew, and has really got nothing to offer them, when we all know that's not the case. This shouting match then turns really ugly, as we see something I never thought I'd see. The crew members seriously getting into a physical altercation, Sure, we've seen Luffy and Zoro fight, as well as Sanji and Zoro, but those are always played for laughs, but this just feels too real and visceral, as they're not even throwing punches, they're like fighting like how you and I would, and it gives it that much more weight and grounds it way too close to home, and it's almost uncomfortable how real it seems. If that wasn't enough, the unthinkable almost happens as Luffy, enraged at this point, starts to go off on a rant and starts to yell that if Usopp doesn't like what he decides so much that he can get off the ship. But thankfully, before he can finish that sentence, Sanji immediately kicks Luffy insanely hard, I might add. And this really sets Sanji off as he just scolds Luffy, yelling at him now to never utter those words again. And this was a really sobering moment for the crew and us, the audience, because I remember thinking, thank you, Sanji, for stopping that, like... At this point, you're just horrified at what's in unfolding in front of you. This once joyous crew that was inseparable and unbeatable when together is crumbling just right in front of you, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. I remember at this point where, you know, thinking, where does it go from here? Like, how do you even come back from something like this? And one thing that's interesting is that it was Sanji who stopped Luffy, but also the fact that he got so heated about Luffy almost kicking Usopp out of the crew I think it kind of goes back to Sanji's propensity for kindness and being kind of the emotional center of the crew with his boundless amount of empathy and love for people, especially those he's close with. Like, he is just absolutely furious with Luffy. 
And the crazy thing is, is like, well, in the anime, he kicks him pretty hard. When you look at this panel in the manga, you really feel the force of Sanji's kick. Like, because it, it freeze frames on Luffy's face. And it just like, it, it's really hard hit. Like in the manga, it just seems like Sanji just kicks him as hard as he can. It seems like. Luffy apologizes, but then Usopp finally verbalizes his insecurities to everyone that he feels like he can't keep up with their monstrous strength and power anymore and feels like he's becoming a burden on the crew. He doesn't want to be part of a crew he disagrees with anymore and quits the Straw Hat Pirates. And this moment is just so chilling in the worst ways. As Usopp, one of the original Nakama just quit. Luffy just sat there in silence and let him walk out. And you can really hear it in Nami's voice as she pleads with Luffy to do or say something to stop Usopp. And as much of a hero we like to see Luffy as, he's still a very much flawed character as this is an also another failure on Luffy's part as a captain. In this moment, he was clouded by his own securities and pride that he was unable to stop one of his best friends from leaving. We're then shown a heartbreaking montage of some of the best moments with Usopp and Luffy as he walks away. I remember when I read this, I was just in shock and constantly thought to myself, this cannot be happening. Like, they're going to find a way to make up. But in this moment, it felt so final and real that, and that's like the power of Oda's writing. You somehow forget this is a make-believe work of fiction and become so invested in these characters. You forget all about that. And what really sells all of this is that the dialogue, especially in the in Japanese, it feels so real. It actually feels like what a real argument between two best friends would be like. Not full of clunky expo exposition or random one-liners or jokes or anything. It's just two people arguing and failing to face their insecurities and put aside their pride. Oda knows when to put away the comedy and really let us sit with the hard emotions. And it's so amazing. Easily one of the best chapters or episodes he's ever written. And the Toei you know, animation company, they and as well as the voice actors, all do an amazing job bringing this moment to the screen. Once off the ship, Usopp respecting the fact that the Going Merry belongs to Luffy as the captain, he challenges Luffy to a duel for the Merry later that night. After some time passes, we see Nami trying to appeal to Luffy's rationale to stop this duel from happening, but Luffy says that nothing can be done. As Luffy knows that Usopp is a man with a great deal of pride, but is also not foolish enough to make a challenge like that just because he was angry. And in that moment, you can still see that Luffy has an immense amount of respect for Usopp as a warrior, as his friend, as his nakama. And things have hit rock bottom for the Straw Hats as Sanji and Zoro are arguing as always, but something feels different with Nami just completely fed up and demands them to stop. And we see Chopper return from trying to treat Usopp, but is in tears as he was driven away. Add to the fact that Robin is still missing with no leads, and everything has not ever been worse. Up till now, you always felt like no matter the trouble they were in, as long as they had each other, they could get through it. But this time, the crew is on the verge of collapse, and hope just seems to have gone out, which Nami actually states very clearly. Just as promised, when the clock struck 10pm, Usopp shows up for their duel, and that's where the freaking episode ends. Like, what? And this is just so brutal to watch as someone who has followed them for so many years at this point, and thought nothing could stop this crew when they're together, and it hurts so much seeing them like this. This is a matchup I thought I'd never see, because how in the world is Usopp ever going to pose a challenge to Luffy? Like, this is such a one-sided fight, it's kind of cruel, but... Usopp, for some reason, looks incredibly confident and not in the usual bluff kind of way. Like, he actually looks pretty badass and tells Luffy not to hold back or else he's going to end up regretting it. Of course, 
we'll talk more about this in the next episode about the duel itself. And this is another episode that lives in my head forever. Despite the many, many amazing fights in One Piece, this fight between these two has so much weight and power behind it for obvious reasons, and I can't wait to go over it. But that'll be it for this episode. So yeah, if you did enjoy this, send me a like or comment. And if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. Please check out my Instagram and Twitter account at Podcast if you would like updates of when I post new episodes or see some pictures of my manga collection. As always, I wanted to thank you for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. And if you'd like to stick around for some tiny bit of spoiler speak, then please do so. And if not, stay safe out there and I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye. Alright, so spoiler stuff. Um, just a few things. I think one of the most interesting things is how Frankie was introduced. I mean, at this point, you kind of just like hate his guts. At least I hated Frankie's guts. And this is kind of what made, you know, me not even put Frankie as a potential crew member on my radar. Because, yeah, he starts off as a villain and a pretty despicable villain, too, at the fact that he's the cause of, you know, Usopp and Luffy's friendship breaking down. And it is interesting how they eventually go about, you know, repairing that to the point where, yeah, you love the fact that Frankie joins the crew. Once we learn more about him and sort of seeing him make up with Usopp and, and seeing their friendship established. Um, but yeah, I, it, it is interesting looking back on this section of the story and just how much you hated Frankie, or at least I did. And as well as his Frankie family too. I mean, we, we do see them all go on to basically start to idolize Luffy and the Straw Hats. And it is, yeah, it's interesting how much we hated them and just how brutal they are in, in the beginning here. And the other thing I wanted to talk about is Sanji himself. Like Sanji is an unsung hero here. And I love seeing him, you know, be who he is. Sort of that that incredible kind and, and empathetic person. And he's always sort of, yeah, that sort of heart of the crew in terms of just emotional center. And, and he is always looking out for everybody. And I love that scene where he kicks Luffy and stops him from essentially kicking Usopp off. Which is something Luffy would end up going to regret if he ever did that, you know? And thankfully, he didn't. And this all kind of makes sense after you see Sanji's second flashback about basically, yeah, how he grew up. And, you know, once we get that information in, you know, Whole Cake Island and seeing his past and how he was basically outcast from his family... And I think, yeah, seeing that, Sanji did not want to see Usopp get outcast from his family with the Straw Hats. And and he knew how much pain that would cause, so he immediately put a stop to that. Because he knew that Luffy didn't want to do that. He didn't, he didn't feel that way, and so he just had to stop that. And I really loved that moment, and I really like Sanji here. But yeah, that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about. I think, I mean, there's still a bit more to discuss, but ultimately, we'll go over that as the the arc continues. Anyways, thanks for listening and I will see you later. Bye.